Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. We've been doing a sermon series on uh, generosity and uh, today our topic is a charge to stay on mission and overcoming a poverty mindset. So what do we talk about when we say we need to overcome a poverty mindset? A poverty mindset or poverty mentality is thinking that there's not enough for everyone. Therefore, we scramble, we fight, we jostle for position to try and get for ourselves. But I'm here to say to you, in God there is abundance, there is enough for everyone. And we are going to give our way out of a poverty mentality. We are generous because we know that when we give, something happens that helps us to move out of that poverty mentality. So I pray that today you realize that when we speak about generosity, we want to trust and believe that there will be a change that takes place in the way that we approach finances. Let me start by saying in this church, we approach finances with the fear of God. The reason why we have a financial advisory board, that is people who are not paid by the church, they interrogate those finances, they look at every cent that come in, every rent that come in, and that goes out. And also we have a remuneration committee that sets the salaries of staff members and pastors. So I don't set my own salary. So that means that whenever we approach the finances, we approach them with the fear of God. I know that the topic of finances is a touchy subject because of the abuses that have taken place in churches before, but not in this church. We want to honor God. We want to glorify God in the way that we steward the finances that belongs to God after all. On that note, please open with me 1 Corinthians chapter 16. That's our text for today. And I'll be speaking about Paul's third missionary journey That's going to help us to understand that when we give with our time, talent, and treasure, we break the backbone of poverty. When we give with our talents, our time, and our treasure, we break down this poverty mindset. Africa for many years is known as a continent that receives aid. We get to be a blessing to other parts of the world. If you didn't know, as this church, we, we take 10% of the income, not only give towards social responsibility, we also give towards uh, church plants in the African continent. We give towards church plants overseas. Some people say, you give money outside of the continent. We say, yes, because we want to give our way out of poverty mentality. We want to give our way out of a poverty mindset. We are a blessing as we give to other countries, as we give to those in need. We know that that's the blessing of God will come upon us. So let's read. Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians. He's sitting in Ephesus, and he goes like this. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed to the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper or as he's already prospered. 
so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should also go, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter, so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Friends, from the scripture that we have read, I don't know if you are like me, that you don't just read uh, the text, but you also read the maps at the back. I like to read the maps at the back. You understand that Paul was sitting in Ephesus, miles away from Corinth, which is in Greece, and writing this letter. You can see how heartfelt the letter is. You can see the love, the relational connection he has with the Corinthian church. And he's saying, if you were to read it further, he says that I'm writing with my own hand to you. I did not type this letter with an Apple MacBook I wrote with my handwriting this letter to you. And three things that I want us to look at in this uh, text, uh, this nine verses that we've read. Paul speaks about generosity and poverty mindset. He speaks about generosity and community, and he speaks about generosity and mission. As we look at this first verses that we've read, the, 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 the words there is collection for the saints who are in Jerusalem. As you can see there, I wrote there in vernacular, koleke. For those who grew up in the townships, you know what koleke is, right? Every Sunday, part of liturgy, when we have our offering moment, is time for koleke. In case you didn't know where it came from, right there. That's where it came from. It's from the scriptures, right there. So Paul says, on the first day of every week, that's Sunday, because Sabbath was Friday, 6 p.m. to Saturday, 6 p.m. It was a Saturday. So the first day of the week, you are to put something. Each of you put something aside, store it up, so that you can be a blessing to others. So the context of this is uh, the church in Jerusalem, if you read Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, they had some financial challenges. Things were challenging. And the churches in the Gentile world, they gave to what the Jews in Jerusalem. Now think about it. The, the Gentiles giving to the Jews who used to look down on them. That is why I say, we as Africa, God is positioning us for a blessing so we can be able to give to the other parts of the world, to first world countries. Because we are giving away out of a poverty mindset. Paul is saying, I want to challenge you on the first day of every week, put money aside so you can be a blessing for the saints. That was the collection and it says concerning the collection, meaning it was something that was familiar to them that they would do all the time. It wasn't a new concept. And he, he says, look at the example of the Galatians. 
Just as the Galatians do, he encourages the, 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 the Corinthians looking at the examples of the Galatians. And then he encourages the Macedonians using the example of the Corinthians. And we'll see how he uses the Corinthians and Macedonians as an example to the Romans. So as a church, we want to be a generous church. We want to be a church that will give our way out of a poverty mentality. We want to be a people that will give our way out of a poverty mindset because the Gentiles gave to the Jews. They could have come with excuses. Those guys used to look down on us. We are seen as second-class citizens in Christianity. I mean, Jerusalem is, is the headquarters of Christianity. Why should we send money to them? They should be sending money to us, but they chose to be generous and to give. Now look at some of the verses in 2 Corinthians 9.2. It says, For I know how eager you are to help. You are eager to help. I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. Your generosity has challenged other churches to also give. It has set them up to give. Uh, that's what I'm believing God for, that we will stir each other up towards generosity. That Charlie's story will not just be one story. There will be many more stories of people that we take from the streets because we are eager to give. There will be many more people that we take from the enemy's plans to God's plans because we are eager to give. I mean, look at this. He's encouraging the churches in Rome, and he says, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my way there by you. Once I have enjoyed your company for a while, Paul in relationship, once I've enjoyed your company for a while, I've spent time with you, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it. They didn't do it begrudgingly. They were pleased to do it. And indeed, they owe it to them. Why? For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they also ought to be of service to them in material blessings. So because you have received the gospel, you're part of the kingdom of God, you're part of the world religion that is Christianity, now you give back to those who have shared this blessing with you. That is why we want to give our way out of poverty mentality. When we continue, I want us to realize that we give of our time, talents, treasure to overcome a poverty mindset. We're destroying the backbone of poverty through our generosity. So I want to bring it close to home. When I grew up, my mom worked as a domestic worker. My dad worked at the fire department, one of this fire station, and he was a cleaner. And there was another department within the fire station that uh, was specifically going from one shop to another to collect um, food that had sell-by date already passed. 
and they will take the food, bring it to the department, and then separate it, the ones that were still good, make it available for the poor. And my dad would go there from time to time and collect the food, and most of the time, that was our groceries for the month because they just did not have enough for us to live. There will be times when all we lived by was what my mom would bring from work. I like to say to people, when I say we grew up in a two-roomed house, it was not a two-bedroom house. It was a kitchen and one bedroom. So the kitchen was the kitchen, and it was my bedroom until my sisters came. And then we built a shack to extend the house. I saw my dad build a house over the years. It was only when I went to high school that actually the house was finished. That is to say, when I read Scripture in 2 Corinthians 8, you can read it verse 1 to 9, you get to verse 2, Paul is writing again to the Corinthians, and he's speaking about the Macedonian church, and he says, out of their most severe trial, they are overflowing joy, and they are extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They are extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They did not say, because of how I grew up, this poverty mentality is going to keep me down here. They said, we're going to well up in rich generosity. They did not allow that to keep them down. I mean, when my mom come to visit now and see our house, visit our church, and see how we've become generous, I believe in her heart she goes like, our extreme poverty has welled up in rich generosity. That's how it's supposed to be. That is how it's supposed to be. I mean, my wife and I, we've given with cars. The next thing we believe in God for, we want to give with houses. We, our extreme poverty must translate to extreme generosity. That's how it's supposed to be. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, but how can that be? Let me show it to you in Scripture. The same verse I've just mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 9, it says something powerful there to see where it comes from. The Bible says, For you know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that by his poverty you may become rich. Jesus on the cross, when he hung up there on the cross, there was a transaction that took place. He took our poverty and he gave us his riches. So there's no way we should stay in poverty. There is no way. I refuse. Then this Bible is not telling me the truth if we remain in poverty. Because our poverty has been exchanged with riches. We need to trust God to break that poverty mentality. That our extreme poverty will well up in great riches for the kingdom. That's what I'm believing God for. You know, as every nation churches, we always look for where there's needs, where we can be a blessing. There has been times where other churches are not able to pay salaries, and we come around them and we say, we will give away out of poverty mindset. That's how it's supposed to be. That takes me to my next point. Generosity and community. As you read Apostle Paul's letters, I like reading the last few chapters, you see how personal, how relationships were important to him. 
He says, I'm coming to visit you after I've been to Macedonia. For I'm planning to travel through Macedonia again. Perhaps I will stay a while, possibly all winter. I like the cultures, how the Asian cultures, like the African culture, like when you go to visit someone, you don't say, I'll stay for three days. I'll just say, I'll just stay, you know, until such time that it's time for me to go, you know. <laughs> you know, I'll just stay, you know, until it's, you know. Yeah. You, you, or you just walk in, you know, you don't send a calendar invite, you know. You just, Paul is, is like that, you know, that he says, I'll stay a while with you, possibly all winter. Just prepare for me, I'm coming to stay. You know, I like this. And then you can send me on your way to my next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit. It's in the Bible. <laughs> and then I'll go right on. I want to come and stay a while. I'm, I'm preaching to some people. Some people came for dinner at my house on Friday. They stayed until midnight. <laughs> Pastor Webb, I was sleeping when... The, the, they stayed because <laughs> Greg is laughing. He knows what happens. I want to come and stay a while if the Lord will permit. Look, if you read in King James Version, it says, and it may be that I will abide, abiding, staying longer, lingering longer, spending time with community. Verse 7, it says, but I trust to tarry a while if the Lord will permit. Paul also says, my life is not my own. As the Lord permits, I will do this. Relationships were so important to Paul that he was generous with his time. He was generous with his talents. When he said, I'll stay longer, it wasn't just to stay and enjoy their food. He was being a blessing to them. He was being generous with his time, with his talents, with his anointing, with what God has given him. So when we speak of generosity, we're not just speaking financially. We speak, can we be generous with our time, with our talents as well? Being a blessing to others, as Quentin was speaking about, some of our social responsibility projects, we may not need finances, but you can help train people so they can get jobs with the skills that God has given you. I like how uh, Rick Warren puts it. There's a connection between generosity and community because sharing is caring. When we share, we care for one another's community. I mean, for those who may not know this, my son, when he was four, five years old, we taught them uh, sharing is caring. But when he had to share his toys with his friends, he said, sharing is corruption. <laughs> he said sharing is corruption. So we've had to teach him again. No, son, sharing is not corruption. Sharing is caring. I feel like some of you today, you have to overcome that mindset that sharing is corruption. It's not corruption. Sharing is caring. I was blown away by how this community of believers looked after each other this last very trying two years. You know, a lot of the connect groups went online, so some were uh, connecting over text because of data issues, uh, connecting over WhatsApp. But I got to visit some connect groups online, just jumping in on Zoom. And I had one lady's testimony. I mean, it's just one of many. She said that while she lost her job during COVID season, the people in her connect group paid rental for her, bought her groceries for the entire time until she got another job. 
That's what family is about. That is what family is about. That is what community is about. I mean, I heard of stories of uh, people delivering meals because of we look after each other as the church family. I mean, there was a time that my wife and I started a chicken delivery ministry. Did you know that? Uh, some people received that. As people had COVID, we will just go and deliver the chicken. So time will come when it's uh, afternoon and our kids will ask us, are we not delivering chicken today? Because they would go with us. We wanted to be a blessing. I saw my wife's connect group, and there was a time where everyone started having COVID, and they started an oximeter ministry. The oximeter was moving from one house to another. And every time the oximeter is in that house, everyone is praying, and all those people are alive today because people were praying. People were praying. The community was praying. So if you're not in a connect group, this is a good time to go and find a connect group. You never know when dark days come your way, you can have a community of believers that will come to you. And I know some of you have these stories because we don't hear all the stories, but community caring for each other. My last point is generosity and mission. We've read in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, Paul, towards the last few verses, he says, but I will stay in Ephesus. By the way, he stayed in Ephesus for two years. Two years. Sharing is caring, not corruption. But I stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a white door for effective work has opened for me. And there are many adversaries. A white door for effective ministry, it is the mission that God had called Paul to. Even though there were many adversaries, even though there were many things to stop him from preaching the gospel, he did not allow himself to be stopped from preaching the gospel. He did not allow opposition to stop him from preaching the gospel. I just love how Paul likes to use the word door. You read in Colossians 4, 3, it says, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word, for the word to be preached, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. He writes again in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12, When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though the door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them. I'm glad there's leave in the Bible. Praise God. I took leave of them and I went on to Macedonia. So you see a tension here. I like the fact that in the Bible you see tension. Sometimes we try to resolve these tensions. In the previous verses that we've read, Paul says, a white door of ministry is open for me, so I'm going to stay. Here in Macedonia, he says that, no, uh, uh, even though in Troas, even though the door of ministry is open, my spirit was not at rest because of my brother Titus wasn't there. So it means that when there's a tension between relationship and mission, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. There will be times when you have to spend with the saints quality time, community time, but there's times for mission to preach the gospel. But I want to emphasize this. When he said a door for effective ministry has opened for me, he meant that people were open to receiving the gospel and I will be generous with my time. 
I want to tell you that this uh, post-COVID world that we're living in, trusting that we are coming out of COVID, people are so open to the gospel. People are so, so open to the gospel. If you offer someone just to pray for them, you'll be surprised. I've never met one person who said no when I offered to pray for them. On Friday, I was walking into this coffee shop that we like to go to in Linden. And there's this lady that my wife and I have been reaching out to for years, even pre-COVID. And this lady, every time we reach out to her, we try to have a conversation with her. She's very stoic. She's very close. She doesn't show any emotion. And, and, and every time we say, can we pray for you? She's taking it, but you can tell that she doesn't want our prayers. On Friday when I walk in, I hadn't been to this coffee shop in a long time. She goes like, where have you been? Where have you been? I needed your prayers. She's shouting like that, and other customers are coming in. I'm like, lady, what happened to you? You know? Like the whole restaurant sees that this dude is a pastor now. He, she's going like, where have you been? I needed your prayers. I realized at that moment that the door for effective ministry is open for us. The door for effective ministry is open for us. Will we be generous with our time, with our talents, with our treasure in this hour? A door of effective ministry is open for us. A door of effective ministry is open for us. On Tuesday night, I went to a prayer meeting in the city center of Joburg. There were... Um, Two churches that have been planted. One is an Anglican church. One is God first in the city center because a door of effective ministry is open for us. I was blown away seeing the body of Christ come together to pray for these church plants for our city, for the gospel to be preached in our city. And these churches, I like one of the leaders of this church is a young man in his 20s giving it all for the sake of the gospel, saying we need to preach the gospel in the city of Joburg because we are turning the city of gold to the city of God. We are being generous with our finances, with our time, with our treasures to build the kingdom of God here in Johannesburg. I want to share two testimonies with you as we close. This morning, I got this message from Pastor Dennis Neville. He says, as home base, one of our social responsibility projects, uh, they take kids who have been in orphanages. When they reach matric, normally they are meant to fend for themselves. We take them. We help them do tertiary uh, university, and then they get jobs. So they didn't have a place. They needed a place. They sent it out on newsletter late last year. This lady forgot about it. Last week, when we were speaking about generosity, the Lord spoke to her about it. This morning, Dennis sends me a message. He says, we have been offered a flat. This lady says, you can use my flat for the sake of the kingdom. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. That we will see this amount of generosity for our church. I'm going to read the story for us. In 1985, a six-year-old girl... Haiti May Wyatt lived near Grace Baptist Church in Philadelphia, in the U.S. The Sunday school was very crowded. Russell Crowe Conwell, the minister, told her that one day they would have buildings big enough to allow everyone to attend. She said, I hope so, because it is so crowded and I'm afraid to go there alone. 
He replied, when we get the money, we will construct one large enough to get all the children in here. Two years later, Haiti May died. After the funeral, Haiti's mother gave the minister a little bag they had found under their daughter's pillow, containing 57 cents in change that she had saved up, 57 cents. Alongside, it was a note with her handwriting to help build bigger that more children can go to Sunday school. The minister changed the money into pennies and offered each for sale and received 250 US dollars and took that money, turned it again into pennies and started selling it and more, just by sharing the story, and more money came in. I'm just going to fast forward. 26 years later, in a talk entitled The History of the 57 Cent, the minister explained the results of the 57 Cent donation, a church with a membership of 5,600 people. 5,600 people. A hospital where tens of thousands of people had been treated. 80,000 young people who had been funded from the 57 cents through university. 80,000. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. 2,000 people going out from the church to preach the gospel. All this because of a six-year-old girl chose to believe in the power of generosity. How much more can God do with our two cents? Let's stand to pray. Father, even as I started by saying the topic of finances is a touchy subject, I pray that as the church of Jesus Christ, we will repent and also redeem this very grace of giving. It is said in the word that it is a grace. It is a favor. It is an opportunity to give because we are just taking back to you that which you've given to us, Lord God. I pray that, God, we will be known to be a generous church, Father God. That, God, out of our substance, we will be a blessing to others in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I break the backbone of poverty mindset right now. I break it in the spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray that whenever we've had excuses not to give sacrificially, we'll realize we are hindering ourselves from breaking this backbone of poverty mindset, Lord God. Father, I pray that we'll get to a stage where we will also, like the story of the 57 cents, have hospitals, schools built, Lord God, scholarships given, Father God, houses given to families in need, Father God. Lord Jesus, your word says you crown the year with abundance and your cards overflow with plenty. Therefore, I pray that you'll prosper your people so they can be a blessing in every way. In Jesus' name we pray.